This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. What's up, guys? This is Mark with the Abraham's Wallet podcast. And once again this week, I am just here to introduce our episode. As I foreshadowed last week, we have our first ever repeat guest on the podcast. That would be none other than Roger Manuel, Stephen's father. And this time he's joined by his wife, Linda. And Stephen's going to interview his parents and I want you to listen to kind of a, a just a different vision, unfortunately, of what to do when a man or a family runs into financial calamity. Because I texted Stephen as I was editing this episode and just said, your parents are blessing my face off because I've not heard such an honest declaration that in the face of disaster... We're just going to run to the Lord and fall on our faces in prayer. That almost sounds cute now, but it's not cute at all. And when you listen to Roger and Linda and they describe the way that they responded to particular moments of difficulty in their lives, specifically when it comes to money, you'll see that over and over again, they didn't worry and they didn't run to their spreadsheets or their financial planner to make themselves feel better. They just said, Lord, what are you doing here? And he was faithful. And in the end, um, you'll see what happens. But this is a great episode. It will be encouraging to you. And I hope that, you know, we're all going to face unexpected things, good and bad. And I hope that in the process of listening to this, you get equipped in a way that you weren't beforehand to deal with the unexpected, and even the difficult situations that are bound to come for you. So without any further introduction, here's Stephen Manuel with his parents, Roger and Linda Manuel. Well, I'm back with my parents once again. This time we're in Houston, Texas, sat around their uh, breakfast table in the kitchen here. And um, sat with my parents. I thought, well, hello, Mom, by the Hi. way. That's my mom, Linda. Hi, Pop. Hey, good good morning, son. <laughs> That's my dad, Roger. And uh, I thought it would be interesting to just talk a little bit about their financial history. They both have a really, uh, I think, uh, the financial story of our family is one that's, I think, quite instructive. So I thought it would be interesting if we kind of... Um, frame this up by talking about the the greatest financial calamities of of our family life starting with y'all's childhood because where we sit right now in this fabulous suburban home that I grew up in and when I consider the where my sister and I are financially and compare that to where my um, family uh, came from financially um, you guys have covered some massive ground. So anyways, I wanted to talk to you about, about, I think people most interested in, in financial problems that have come your way and what you've learned from them. Cause we obviously 
trouble can always produce insight. So, Pop, what comes to your mind is some of the earliest financial calamity you went through. Well, you know, as a child growing up in North Carolina, parents, uh, mother was a stay-at-home mother, and dad worked in a in Caesar Cone Mills, so he was a mill worker. We were, I guess you would consider us poor at that time, but thankfully, you know, when you're growing up as a kid, you don't realize that you're really poor. We always had clean clothes to wear. We always had uh, food to eat and all, but as you look back, you realize that uh, there were a lot of people had a lot more things than you did, but uh, I never, I never felt like I was poor. But uh, we never had a lot of new shoes or new clothes, and I can remember at Christmas uh, had a shoebox. Each one of us would get a shoebox and have an orange and an apple and a tangerine and some pecans and things like that and uh, each one of us had one of those things and and you know we might get a shirt or, or a pair of socks or something like that but uh, you know nothing outstanding like kids today that get uh, yeah. two or three thousand dollars <laughs> worth of gifts and uh, you know that they play with for a week and then uh, throw it in the closet yeah and uh, so you know, being poor, you, you have to you have to be able to look back in the past on your life and realize, yeah, well, we didn't have much. And and if you if you're considering about material things, yeah, we were pretty poor. But what we did have was uh, love and understanding and forbearance and uh, those kind of things. You can't buy with money anyway. Tell them about the bicycle your dad got. Yeah, you. I can remember. One Christmas. Yeah, one Christmas. Uh, I guess I must have been maybe six, seven, mm -hmm. something like that. Anyway, I was big enough to ride a bicycle, and uh, a lot of the people, a lot of the kids on our block had bicycles and and uh, and all. But I never had one, and I always wanted one. And uh, anyway. That Christmas morning, well, you know, we had our our little our, our little uh, socks and shirts and all, and I was very disappointed that I didn't have a didn't have a new bicycle. And so after but you guys were given necessities, yeah, we were given necessities. That's yeah. right, uh, things you could really use. Yeah. Shirt. And so anyway, uh, I I was real downhearted, and, and of course my brother. And uh, sister were older, and and uh, you know they they had their own things. But uh, I remember, Daddy said, uh, "Well, wonder if it's still snowing outside." Said Roger, "Look outside there and see if it's snowing." And I remember walking out the back to our little porch, and on that porch was a used bicycle that had been cleaned and had been. Serviced and all, and and painted. Didn't he paint it? Well, I, I don't remember, but it, it was clean. And uh, I 
flung open that door and said, Is that for me? And Daddy said, Yes, son, that's yours. And I remember, I thought that if it, I, looking back, you know, if that had been a Mercedes Benz, you know, or a Rolls Royce, I couldn't have been any happier because uh, here I was, uh, a poor little little kid that lived uh, on the mill block, and I had a bicycle. And uh, I remember now that that bicycle came from uh, a family down the street that uh, my brother uh, played with, and his name was Roger Phillips. And uh, he had gotten a new bicycle for Christmas, and Daddy had, had known about it, and procured that uh, an old bicycle for me and uh, I was tickled to death it it could have been uh, it it could have been a sh the brand new Schwinn and it wouldn't have made any difference so poor is a, a matter of how you look at it well mom was telling me yesterday that our aunt Susie uh, was remembering those early days and she remembered sleeping here and there and everywhere as a family. Do you remember those days? Oh, yeah, because, uh, you know, when my parents divorced and all, uh, mother remarried and, uh, and married uh, an old farm boy by the name of Willie Harmon, and uh, we moved up to, into the country, and Susie was born uh, before we moved up there, but while we were growing up, uh, he was a milk hand. He he uh, he milked cows for people, and uh, one of the places that we actually did live in for a while was uh, the old dairy barn. When they built a new dairy barn, well, the old one was still standing, and uh, we basically camped out in that old dairy barn. And uh, Susie, of course, remembers that where they had kept cows. Uh, yeah, where the cows had actually My been milked. My goodness. Where they'd milk cows. But, uh, in know, a manger. <laughs> yeah, we kind of remembered a little bit about how the Lord was born, you know, so we knew we weren't too bad off. <laughs> Lord's treating us as royalties right here in this manger, That's like right. the Lord himself. Yeah. Um, and then I know that you, you picked cotton as a boy in, in, uh, in North Carolina and... and my, my question is, f coming from little, what what do you think you gained from having uh, been reared with so little? Well, you know, appreciation. yeah, uh, the appreciation of being able to buy things that you want, you don't necessarily need, but... Uh, being blessed and do you do ever buy things that you don't necessarily need well occasionally i will now buy something that i already have one or two of but there's a new version of it of a golf club or or a different kind of golf shoe or something yeah i, I have been known to do that and uh i'm chastised by family oh, because no, of that oh no dad <laughs> come on well some things that come to mind for me is um he he has a great work ethic. Oh yes, he's worked since he was eight years old. Well, he worked since he was eight by necessity, but it's produced. It's 
it produced this flawless character mm -hmm. with regards to work ethic and you grew up in a time where you earned your money the mm -hmm. money that you were given you that there weren't white collar jobs no we didn't have a silver <laughs> spoon either no so so you you earned what you made mm -hmm. and i i know that you you felt that your entire working career which is i i want to bring benefit to to my employer um mm -hmm. and that i'm not satisfied to just collect a paycheck never missed work I don't even remember. I bet we could count on one hand in 43 years you missed work. Very seldom, very and, seldom. And uh, come home happy every single night, grateful. Um, he would do whatever, and when they would move his uh, job uh, description, he didn't care. He was glad to have a job, always supplying, you know, for, for our family and yeah, dad has never in my in my world. I mean, we our family's been through um, financial troubles, which we'll talk about. But I, I, Paul said, "I've learned the secret of being content with little and content with much." And I sometimes think you have to have little and have much to learn that secret. Mm -hmm. But um, I've never seen Dad um, be upset about our financial situation. Not not from a standpoint that well, there of course there's stress when there's financial trouble, but not from a I deserve to have it better than this. Not no. never never. Um, yeah. That that he is content with little, and we've often said, Mom, if you made him a a, a dinner of cornmeal mash with sorghum syrup, he's happy. He he would think it was Absolutely. terrific. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a huge benefit, and I don't think that uh, I think I don't think that modern people get it. Get that no. that we all we do is compare ourselves to the best possible i don't know celebrity or a reality show and mm -hmm. think if i don't have the best of everything that i'm really suffering mm -hmm. but that's nonsense mm -hmm. yeah and and throughout my whole working career and in life uh, i feel like that uh, the harder you work and the more you dedicate yourself to whatever it is you're doing uh, the luckier you seem to get you know, it's God's blessings. yeah, God, God blesses, Absolutely. blesses you and God other people, uh, other workers, uh, bosses that you work for can see that commitment that you have. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people don't have that commitment. It's just like if you had bacon and eggs this morning for breakfast, you know, the hen made a contribution, but that old hog, <laughs> you know, he, he, he had a commitment, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you've often said with basketball or golf or anything that the more excellent you are at something, the luckier you get. That's right. And so, you know, I always think of like when Larry Bird shot that basketball from behind the behind the backboard. Oh, yeah, and it went in. And it went in, and it seemed like, well, he was so lucky that it went in. You know, that dude put in thousands of hours shooting that basketball and so he he he, he earned his own luck that's right, that's right. he and pete maravich both yeah that's right. right that's right yeah anything else on that topic mom 
about uh, dad growing up poor? Just appreciative, and and I I um, and I think he doesn't he doesn't uh, you know keep keep uh, talking about it. I mean he's he's so appreciative that that uh, he doesn't dwell on doesn't dwell on failures hard, or failures. hard hard right. times or yeah or what? or that they didn't have anything or how poor they were or how mistakes his dad made and the mistakes his mama made and all that he he just goes forward and that's that's a great, that's a that's great, a great quality great quality well and everybody knows too if you don't have some failures in your life then you're going to never recognize what success really is that's a great you know? point so let's go a, a little bit farther i'm thinking about when i'm about 10 or 11 years old and you had been working faithfully um, for uh, Brown and Root Incorporated here, which is a petroleum engineering company in Houston. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the many companies in Houston that revolves around the oil and gas. oil and gas uh, industry in the Gulf of Mexico. And you, like me, I, I mean, I know I got it from you, but you had uh, have an entrepreneurial streak in you. And, and an opportunity presented itself to you. Tell us about that situation. Well, actually, my brother uh, had a friend who was in oil and gas and uh, was going to get some, uh, up near Tyler, Texas, was going to buy some workover uh, rigs, well. not rigs, but uh, the wells. And we invested in that and we thought it would be an absolutely wonderful investment, supposed to give us income for about 20 years. And lo and behold, uh, that didn't work out. The gentleman who uh, who actually uh, put the thing together uh, was more or less a fraud, and uh, all of the monies that were supposed to be coming in uh, what did come in didn't get to all the investors, and we basically uh, lost all of the monies that we'd put in there. And uh, and uh, and Jimmy didn't have, and brother didn't have. That's the, my uncle Jimmy. Didn't have the funds he needed, and so he asked us to uh, to. Yeah, we borrowed some money from the bank in order to to really get in at a higher level and on uh, our land. And, and I put up like 63 acres of land for the, uh, uh, to borrow the money. And so uh, after a couple of years, the, when it didn't produce the money that it, uh, that it was supposed to, we couldn't make the payments. And so uh, we lost the land to the bank and, uh, and then also lost all the investment. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a very trying time. It was, and we had worked so hard to buy that land. We we had um, we really had done without to make payments, and it was paid for. Yeah. And why why was buying that land a priority in the first place? 
we thought it was a good investment and it was in Grimes County and dad my dad called me and said this land is available and, and we talked about yeah. it and we said that'd be a great investment for us for later on it was a hundred acres it was because you thought you would be able to sell it later oh yeah, yeah. Or, or if we yeah it was like 106 acres and, yeah and it was, uh, it was a deal really good good land and the oh, uh, yeah and the gentleman uh, who owned the land had uh, passed away and his wife was selling it at very reasonable mm -hmm. and I was a veteran so I got to buy that land under the GI bill oh. and so it uh, it was very very nice opportunity but uh, yeah it didn't work out. So if you, if you totaled up what you invested and the land, what what's an, a dollar oh, figure? Wow, I oh, would probably all together one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And that's like nineteen eighty money. Oh yeah, that today's money that'd be four or five hundred thousand dollars. That was earlier. Than this is in the seventies. Yeah, it's earlier than that. Yeah. Oh man. Um, did it take a while for you, Mom, to forgive Uncle Jimmy? Maybe I should let Dad. It, yeah, it <laughs> did. It did. And of and course, I'm sure it did. And well, see, did. the thing I'll about it though is, is Jimmy. That. Jimmy believed in in the people that had talked to him, and and it was one of his mm -hmm. his friends' friend that uh, got us into it. So Jimmy lost uh, as well. But not as much as we did. No way. Yeah. Well, and then, and then uh, fast forward a little bit and tell us about uh, another loss that happened with uh, Brand. Oh, yeah. You want to tell that, I can tell that. Tell that. Yeah. Um, we uh, got a phone call from Jack Redmond, didn't we, Daddy? Mm -hmm. And he offered, uh, wanted to talk to Daddy what, about... What was your relationship to this Jack Oh, he's fella? a deacon at our church. A deacon at the church. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Called and said, we have a, an opportunity that you might be interested in. So we went and talked with I wonder them. why he thought of y'all. I don't know. But anyway, and uh, so he said, uh, we're buying this company and um, we'd like for you to be the president. And uh, so... Uh, so we we said goodness we, and it was the job was going to be right down the road which would would have been wonderful dad was driving 27 miles one way to Brandon Root at the time so it took him you know a while so we thought well that would be a great thing and he was offering him a, this fabulous salary which we just couldn't I said wow where did this come from in equity in the company and so we, we, we started praying about it, and we said, Lord, is this, you know, from you? We, we never even thought about a job change. And we prayed, and we talked, and prayed, and talked, and really didn't see any reason that the Lord was stopping us. And so, and, and after he took that position and, and quit his job at Brown Root, then uh, Jack said, also, Jack was running a, he had a, what kind of company did he have, Daddy? Financial. He, he was a financial guy. He uh, uh, looked after other people's money and, yeah. and bought and sold some yeah. kind. Well, so, the background is that I had decided to uh, get some, I got an insurance license and I also went to school and got a Series 7 securities license and so 
Jack uh, had the financial company, so I had a background that would lend myself to working with that. And and uh, when he set up this brand construction company, I was going to be a senior vice president in that company. And that's how I got into it and uh, wound up uh, leaving Brown and Root and went went into brand construction and uh, ran the Houston office. Anyway. And how long were you there? About a year and a half, maybe. And in and the then, meantime, they had. He said, "Why don't you? Don't you have a four hundred one k?" We said, "Yeah." He said, "Why don't you throw it in and uh, invest?" I in can't this. believe he suggested that. Put your retirement into the this company. The entire dime. Yeah. And he did it. Shoot. And of course, then he filed bankruptcy, and we lost every dime. Yeah, and remember now, Jack was a deacon at the church and was a real good guy. And uh, we thought, we yeah, we thought, but yeah, I, I think I would take. A, I wouldn't say he was a real good guy. Well, for that. well, whenever we actually got looking at all the documentation and and everything, the again the funds that uh, were supposed to be in the company weren't wasn't there so we 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 Did had he put his 401k in the company uh, who knows I, I can't answer that yeah. he was he's pretty slick <laughs> he so anyway uh, make a long story short it it went into bankruptcy as well and so uh, we got into some doing some uh, hurricane damage work got a lot of money invested in in uh, rebuilding structures and never got our money back because they they had all kinds of uh, lawsuits and all and uh, and the money that was supposed to actually be in the company was not there so yeah. it 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 uh, it it went into bankruptcy and like Linda said we lost every penny that we put into it how, so how we much ended was up. That? How much was that? That was uh, at the time a little over hundred thousand. Yeah, that was a little over hundred thousand. So, but so, so we sit here today. <laughs> could could have been uh, could have been very well off, and uh, but uh, I could have also been sleeping in barns like that's you. Right. Yeah, that's right. But uh, anyway, uh, we we. Um, if we had we not, had lost everything. All we had then was a car, two cars maybe, and a house. Yeah. And so we didn't have one dime. And y'all were about to go. Bonnie was about to go to college. And so. Yeah. So now I'm fully depressed at the situation. <laughs> so now tell me, did the Lord redeem any of this pain that you've been? Oh through? yes. Well, and and also the the other part of this thing was that I had a I had a, a friend who was uh, who was from a foreign country, and uh, oh, and I had he had put money into this company because uh, I'd painted some real rosy pictures based upon what was going to happen. Yeah, what you thought. And yeah. he lost his money as well, and wound up. Uh, uh, with a lawsuit against me, which uh, you know was was entirely right. Devastating. Anyway, uh, Linda and I both prayed, got on our knees. Lord, what what do what are we going to do? How do how do we handle this? And 
And uh, the Lord was very gracious, and uh, the gentleman who had lost the money overseas was a multimillionaire, and he uh, uh, he graciously dropped the 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 bankruptcy lawsuit. And, and we had filled out all the paperwork to file bankruptcy because he was asking for he everything. we were going to lose everything, everything. Yeah. except our homestead. And the mor one morning we were about to turn it in, and he phoned, and he had forgiven the he forgiven us forgiven the lawsuit. Ooh. We had been asking God, "Oh Lord, what change are we going to do? Lord. What are we going to do?" Yeah. And God and changed I still his heart. Have that, I still have the letter that he wrote, mm -hmm. and forgiven us. Can you believe? So the Lord, God the Lord was so used this though to strengthen us. Oh, He honored our prayers. We had just prayed, and God just was so good. Honored, very our, gracious. Honored our prayers, and He knew that we had prayed about it. We hadn't, we hadn't done it. You know, we hadn't just jumped into it. What I did learn, one of the things that I learned was. You know, if you if you really want to know what the Lord has in store for you, you get on your knees. Don't stand on your own merits. Get on your knees and uh, and ask for a sign. And probably had we had we done that, other than just saying, "Lord, you know, yes. uh, block us if if we're not supposed to do this," but. Uh, I think I think looking back, we probably we probably did what I wanted to do rather than what the Lord might have in, indicated to us. But He was very gracious in that uh, we taught we're taught a very valuable lesson, you know, that uh, depend on the Lord and and not on your friends. And His plans are so perfect. Yeah, His and plans are and. Perfect. So did you just have nothing for the rest of your life? Or? No, we did. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> that was in 1988, and I was 44, and Daddy was 47, and we were broke. We didn't have anything, and Bonnie was about to go to college. And do, do <clears throat> typically do financial advisors recommend that when you're in your mid-40s with kids <laughs> heading to college that you have zero dollars? <laughs> Not normally. No. Oh, okay. So we said, okay, what do we do? Well, I, I was going to have to go to work. And God used this wonderful, wonderful friend of mine to, to give me a job. I, I just couldn't believe it. So I went to work and, uh, we just started, we made payments to the college so Bonnie could go to college. And as the um, as the time went on, then you were gone you the were, next year. You went to college. The and, next year. Yep. And uh, we, were, we were both working. And so both of you were in college at the time. And Dad, we, were, we went to work together every day because I just worked down the road from him. And we were on our way home one day, and he said, um, I got a phone call today, and uh, we, I have an well, before opportunity. You, before you get to that phone call, I thought you left Brown and Root to go do brand. Oh, that's so, a great story, so too. So what happened to that career? Well, we started praying, 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 God, what, what, what are we going to do now? We, he had given up how many years uh, with Brown and Root. We had a long time of service. 
And we, we, I remember where we were when you called Owen. Yeah, and you I. Said, uh, you you want to tell it? Yeah, uh, yeah. We we kind of were at our wits' end at, at when the company went bankrupt, and uh, so I was completely out of a job and out of money as well. And uh, Linda and I had prayed about it, and I said, "Well." I think the only thing I can do is call and see if they can use me somewhere at Brown and Root. Put your hat in your hand. And Put my hat in my hand and, and all. Well, I had left under good circumstances because I'd been a, a good employee. Anyway, I called uh, Owen Campbell, who was the vice president that I'd worked for, and he, uh, he said, well, Roger, just come on in here Monday and said, uh, I'll find a place for you. We can always use a good man. And uh, basically, I wasn't gone long enough to break my continuous service with the company, so I got all my my service time back. Incredible. And uh, he gave me a, a job uh, as a special assistant, and then very shortly after that, we had a, a couple of people retire, and I moved into a, a general manager position because of all the knowledge and experience I had in the past. And, uh, and the, so Lord, that, the Lord took care of us. So would that mean that you, you got a, a pension based on what your years of service were? or there was a, No, no, no. We started over. It started we had a retirement over. and savings plan. Okay. Yeah, it started over. But, um, but we took a great cut in pay, but we didn't care because Roger had a, had a job. We could pay That's our bills. Right. We could keep our kids in college. Uh-huh. And, and I could work. I still had my job. And so after all some time later, not even maybe six months or so, we found out that the job Roger had when he left for Brand was done away with. And the, the department they, that Owen put him in is the reason he got to go and and God restored that money. So tell me about overseas. the phone. Well, tell me about the phone. So call, we're driving home, and he said, uh, "I got a call today, and I can go overseas and do human resource in the Balkans, and um, it's it's single status. I'll have to go alone, but we can make X number. Well, what it was X number of dollars. Six and figures, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, six figures." And he said, um, I'll get, I'll only be there for a year. And so he said, can you... This is because Halliburton, which purchased Brown and Root, got the contract for maintaining troops. It was the, the log cap contract. They won't know what the log cap Yes, is. they will. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. So... So, so well, I said, he said, can you, can you manage for a year without me? And I said, let's think about it a minute, and let's talk about it and pray about it tonight. And But you had to know like that in the three or four days, didn't you? Went in a quick... Well, they'd sent over four or five resumes to fill that slot. And because I had prior mil- uh, military experience, I'd been officer, um, had been to Korea, and um, I had handled EOC cases. I had a lot of good background, and... And the gentleman who was head up everything over there was a retired full bird colonel from the Army, and he wrote back and said, don't send me any more resumes. Send me Roger Manuel. I want that guy. That's my I, guy. I want him. 
And so they Hallelujah. tapped me on the shoulder one Monday morning and said, hey, uh, that job we talked to you about, they want you. And said, uh, they need somebody right away. And so anyway, I went up and talked to the legal department and and uh, and they told me what I'd be paid and what I could do. And so I said, well, I got to go home and talk to my wife and everything. And came home, talked to Linda and all. And so we, we agreed that, uh, yeah, that'd be a great thing. And I told her about the benefits and every quarter I'd get to come home or she could meet me or whatever. So anyway, uh, I went back and said, yeah, I'd be ready. I, I, I'll go when, when you want to go and everything. And they said, well, we're going to relieve you of your duties today and Thursday you'll be on the airplane heading that way. Oh, my goodness. And I said, say what? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, yeah, I said, why don't you turn everything over to old Bubba Bryant there. He's been working for you for years. He can handle it, and they need you real bad. And so uh, now you're pushing 60 at this point. Let's see. Uh, let's see. That was in 99. Well, you were born in 40, born in 40. So you're pushing 60. Yeah, I'm pushing 60. Okay, so the point I want to make is we're going to hear that God used this to restore your fortunes. That's right. And that it restore was. Restore what the locusts ate. That's right. Yeah. But. The, he didn't restore your fortunes by a scratch-off lotto ticket. No. Was, was there work involved? There was work involved. There was faith involved. There was trust involved. Uh, when you went overseas, did they say, well, here's your office. Take it easy. That's another story. That's another story. I have, well, have timesheets that shows I worked over 100 hours a week. As a 60-year-old. As a 60-year-old. Setting up offices, interviewing people, a uh, uh, lot of problems with the Serb, Serbs and the Albanians. You and had all. to hire nationals. Oh, in. we that, that's that's another story. <laughs> so you ended up staying there how long? Went over in '99 and came back uh, in 2004. Worked a year, I think, in Houston, and then I went back over because they thought they were going to lose the contract. Uh, and by the way, uh, they're still over there right now. I still keep in touch with the people I hired over mm-hmm. there. And I remember the day, um, I remember the day when you guys told me um, that mom had put pen to paper as she realized, wow, the longer that Roger's over there, our savings accounts are building, our retirement accounts are building, and I remember the day that you said we have figured at this moment that because Dad had this opportunity overseas, every penny that we had lost has been restored, and we're when we plus a whole lot more. plus interest, <laughs> probably three times what yeah. we lost, God had restored, and He would never have even gotten that opportunity. Had he not gone into the department that owe and pity men? Yeah, and that, that that quote failure is kind of like Joseph's failure going into. That's exactly right. Going into uh, the they dungeon. Meant it, they meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good. Roger had lots of opportunities over there to travel. Uh, we both did 
because I'd have to go over there twice a year. And, and, and to live a Christian life in front of those men, yeah. he counseled so many of those men who were over there working that were... Oh, yeah. Uh, Gave me a lot of opportunities to witness. Oh, and yeah. Be, and be faithful. Yeah. And now, again, we're thinking about what are the benefits of what the financial travails you've been through. What if financial troubles were to come to you or to your children or to your grandchildren? Would you throw up your hands in no. despair? No, no, no. No, no. Every, every no. failure is an opportunity the Lord puts in front of you. Absolutely. His oh, eye is on the, the sparrow. sparrow. Man, and I know, know he watches, he watches me. me. Oh, no. I would never be upset if never. my children lost the money. I don't care about cars and big houses. I want them to walk with the Lord lean on him because he is so faithful his plan is perfect and he will never leave us or forsake us never we trust the lord because of stories like these so i appreciate y'all sharing with us today and um you know it's one thing to read a bible verse that's where he says i'll never leave you or forsake you is another thing to live it out Amen. and to have experienced it in your family. And these are the kind of family legacy stories that are going to outlast us all. And it'll be a story of our, you know, God's been faithful to our family. Amazing. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, thank you both for your time here in Houston, Texas, in sunny uh, uh, shores of Gulf or, of Mexico where, where God's been good to our family for a long time thank you for your time we appreciate you talking to us I'll tell you we enjoyed it son and uh, thank, thank you thanks for listening and the interest oh man we appreciate it well for Abraham's wallet this is Stephen Manuel mm-hmm.